0: We pulled out here. Yeah. We saw a bunch of elk tracks crossing the road. And there are four bulls, five now. One, another one came up. And I just got out. And I uh, saw the one that looked the best, put it on him shot, and I think I missed the first shot, but they didn't go anywhere. And then the second shot, I hit him really good. He was kind of, he was kind of quartering away, so I put it behind that, that last rib and shot. He's down behind a shrub right now. The last bull to come out might be a little bigger than him actually. But I don't care. <laughs> we came here to get an elk and we, I think we just did. He went down behind that bush. I think I hit him twice, but I'm gonna sit here and watch for a minute.
1: Welcome, welcome to the CutterCast Blogcast. My name is Seth Larson. Thank you so much for watching or listening wherever you might be. The support you guys give us means the world to us here at Canvas Cutter. On today's episode, I sit down with my father, Father Wisdom, to recount a successful road hunt we had just this last week. And you didn't misunderstand me. I didn't stutter. I did say road hunt. It was one of the most pure professional road hunts I've ever been on. Now, some of my earliest memories are riding in the truck with my dad, a hunter or two or three in the bed of the truck and riding up and down the same roads all morning, only to go back in the evening and ride those same roads stopping occasionally to glass into a canyon or two, and often finding success. But by the time I was old enough to hunt, we, my dad's road hunting days were behind him and we were serious hunters. So we hiked into spots or rode four wheelers, clear back into areas people didn't wanna go. And we also found success and found animals to go after, but, because of that, my father had never really passed on that knowledge and the skills that come uh, with being a professional road hunter. So this last week, I guess he felt the burden upon his shoulders to pass along that knowledge, and we did a true proper road hunt. And it paid off, baby, with a six by six bull. It paid off in an any bowl unit here in Utah. I had a multi-season any bowl tag, which allowed me to hunt the archery season the rifle season and the muzzleloader season and the rifle season is going on right now and we got out with a little weather and found success now hopefully you can glean a couple things from this episode that can improve your road hunting skills and maybe fill a few more tags as it helped me fill my tag i'm pretty stoked about it but without further ado here's professional road hunting with father wisdom and yours truly All right, folks, welcome to the CutterCast Vlogcast. I am joined today by my father, Father Wisdom. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he is. Um, We had just a superb experience yesterday, and we thought we'd just sit down while it's fresh on our minds and do a little recap of it. So um, we were successful in harvesting a bull elk, which... um, I can't, I can't complain. This year has been pretty good. You know, it feels like, it feels like we, um, have a hard time filling tags, not due to effort. Like we put in the time and effort. It just feels like, you know, things don't always line up. (laughs) But this year, I mean, we got Jason's bowl. We had opportunities on the archery hunt. Yes. Just didn't completely come together. Um, should have, but didn't, and and then then we just got a bull, and so we're gonna tell that story.
2: Yeah, just I mean we had plenty of oppor- some opportunities. I shouldn't say plenty. Yeah. In Utah archery, we Utah archery. We had. We went to Wyoming, we went and, to and Wyoming. after some, I don't know, hard hiking, looking, finally called the biologist, and he told us to go down in this Canyon that no one's been in, in a hundred years because it's, and then come to find out it wasn't that bad and called in three bulls. But We're going to recap Wyoming
0: okay. soon.
1: We'll do Wyoming. In but anyway, podcast. yeah, it's been, so the rifle, the rifle, general rifle hunt in Utah started last weekend and we missed the opener, which I'm fine with. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of openers here in Utah. It seems like uh there's people everywhere, which is wonderful. Like I'm glad people are getting out, but um I'm maybe more of an introvert when it comes to hunting and I'm fine not seeing people out in the hills. So we had I had soccer games, had a daughter's birthday, So we didn't get out on the opener, but Mm -hmm. this week we had a storm system rolling in and I kept checking the weather and it kept getting worse and worse. Like it was rain. And then we were expected to get five inches at my house. And I was like, I should call my dad. We need to get up in the hills. Like if there's a time to go, snow is just going to increase our chances of success, especially in an area that, um, several years ago I called the biologist. If you guys don't talk to the biologist, I recommend it just because, I mean, they know these animals fairly well. They should at least. They better. They better (laughs) if they're doing their job and they should also know kind of where the animals are at, if they're going to be able to give us an accurate count of how many we have. But I called the biologist and asked him about a bunch of spots I was thinking of in an area we hadn't hunted a lot. And they happened to be a few areas he himself hunted. So I was like, well, that's good news. And I, but that was for archery. And the rifle was coming up and I called him and and asked him for suggestions. And he just said, you know, if we get snow, here's a spot. I would go check for sure. It seems like with snow, especially the more, the better snow and low temps, the elk like to move more down into this area. So it was like, sweet. And, and we got a little snow that year and we went there and that's when I shot that clubbed that six by six by club bull. And so it was like, sweet. So when I recently, when I saw this backing up to that,
2: even then We've seen several bulls. Yeah, yeah, It was true. That was the only one. There no. was like four or five other bulls. Yeah, that's he true. He just happened to be the closest. Yeah, so. and he
1: wasn't the one that I saw that made us even go over there. I saw a really good bull that a guy you worked with on the railroad knew about, and he was like, it's like a 370 bull. I saw a big bull, and I was like, let's go that way. So we did, and then the only bull that was around – was that dude? And I was like, that's sweet. It's got this big old club coming down. Like, yeah. I, gonna take it. I think he was sitting there
2: watching us, and he later asked me, how come you guys didn't shoot that big bull? I said, oh, we just never seen him. He said, yeah, he was he was right in that same area that you shot that one. And I'm thinking.
1: That's crazy because even when we shot and the cows and start, started going, I only saw cows yeah. in this dude. But so – Anywho, so we knew that area when it has weather could pay off, and I knew the odds, especially with snow, just increase. I mean, you can find tracks and know, like, there was elk here, right? It's it's pretty it, – it ups the the success rate. So I saw that. My son, Luke, had a soccer game, and we went to that, and you came. I was like, oh, perfect. I was going to talk to you. Anyways, like, yeah. let's get out. Let's go up. So we planned to go up the two, well, what I thought was the two worst days, according to the weather, to head out. What's up, Canvas Cutter family? Got the uh, Burrow Duffel, my Dominator, my backpack ready to go. Father Wisdom's on his way here we're headed out for a day or two to see if we can't find a bull elk to uh, to harvest so that's the goal we're gonna head out to a spot it's been as you can see pretty uh, pretty cruddy weather all day yesterday all night long and it's supposed to be bad all day today it's rainy here down here in the valley so we're hoping uh, that once we gain a decent amount of elevation that there will be snow and if there is snow I'm excited baby if there's snow it moves the elk into a certain area most of the time so our uh, our opportunity for success increases substantially if it does snow but it's raining down here I think it's snowing up there we'll cross our fingers and we'll find out little in a few hours but Father Wisdom should be here shortly. We'll get the stuff loaded up, and then uh, we'll be headed out. Got things organized. You picked me up, and we headed out to this area. And I was a bit concerned because what was supposed to be snow had just materialized into rain. And as we were driving up the canyon, too, and gaining elevation, there was no snow. In fact, it seemed like it hadn't even rained as much. Up there as it had no. down towards my house, so I was like, yeah. "I hope there's snow <laughs> <laughs> the whole entire time." And we—it's uh, a little bit of a drive. We decided to check a low spot, a really, really low spot, Yes. At one that's overlooked by probably ninety percent of the people that hunt this area, but one again that your that your friend has had success himself and with, and helping friends. It's just people drive by it and it's not very big. And we went and checked there and, and nothing. It's very much a hit or miss. Like they're either, I know this sounds absurd, but they're either there or they're not. And if they're there, like, the one year two, I mean, we saw a yes. sweet like three forty five point or five by six. Yeah. I didn't have my release, jump out, knock an arrow, <laughs> go to shoot, he's like thirty <laughs> yards, right okay, quick story, sidetrack. We were driving up the canyon and I remember we were going over this really thin bridge and I was like, wouldn't it be funny if we came around the corner and, like a big old bull was standing in the middle of the road? And we came around the corner and this five by six, like three forty five by six standing in the middle of the road with a bunch of cows, a raghorn, a spike. We're like, what? So we like go off and he's trying to swing around the truck and I bell out, knock an arrow, go to shoot. I don't have my release on. And John and I ended up chasing him clear up onto this plateau. It was gnarly to learn where they come down off there. I would have never expected it because you look at this country and you're just like, how are they getting off the top down into here? And, um, but we followed him up and we ended up running into his cows and bumping them. And they were all bedded in these cedars and they came running out and we just never had a shot, but he was a a good bull and your friends killed great bulls down in that area too. So we can't go past it and just not try it. It's worth trying to to call and to glass right there, but no dice. No nope, dice. not this time. But good news that started making me feel a little better once we started heading up the canyon and gaining elevation. The snow started started to accumulate. And we, we get up top, and we got about three or four inches of snow. And what really,
2: me being a professional road hunter, <laughs> there was zero tracks in front of us. We were, no one had been up in there all day. Well,
1: I was concerned, remember, I because thought. we could turn right and go to one area or turn left and go to the suggested area. Yeah. But to turn left, there, there had been several trucks up and down the road. Yep. So I was like, No. Like it's the middle of the week. Like no, we passed, but they were like company trucks yeah. of a of a company coming down. But once we turned onto the road we needed, and no one had been on it, I was just like, Whoa. yes, I thought we have this. Yeah, have this all to ourselves, and no one's
2: been in here. It's stormed for like twenty four hours. They got to get up and feed for long, and yeah. so we're sitting there. Loving every minute, <laughs>
1: yeah. I was so stoked. All right, we made it. A couple couple good newses. Good news number one, I have the sweet retro uh orange hat for the hunt, so that's nice. Good news number two, it snowed, which is mooey good. And uh, good news number three, um. Oh, yeah, that was good news number three. I just remember good news number three. No one's been up here yeah. since it snowed. It started storming yesterday all night, and today it's about three inches of snow. No one's no one's been up this road, so that's good news. That's good news number three. The, it was flurrying. It wasn't, like, snowing heavy. Temps were cold. We stopped um, and glassed a spot. Saw a huge eagle and okay. then a coyote, a giant coyote, and I got out and he belled off into the trees. So that was disappointing. Couldn't save a few elk or deer there. and yeah. uh, But no elk. Like, we glassed a lot, and I was expecting yeah. for things. You know, it's evening. It Like you said, it had been storming for over probably over 24 hours. They have to get up and feed. Nothing.
2: Dead. We, we hiked down a ridge where we could glass
1: two different canyons. Nothing. nothing. Like nothing. And it's you'd glass a, a, across and you couldn't even see where they had like come through openings cuz sometimes you can see where they've pushed through the snow or whatever. Nothing. There's no sign, there's no tracks on the side we were on, nothing had crossed the road. And I I was like, did we make the right decision? Like is this too early? Cuz it is. It's first of October early in October, October thirteenth and well twelfth at the time. But like maybe it's too early. Maybe they haven't pushed down. And maybe we made a mistake. Maybe we should go over. And I I, kept asking you that. Should we go back over to that spot? A a long time
2: ago there I ran into an old guy and old guys know a lot. He told me and it's been true that a storm, a snowstorm will move elk around more than a hundred men up there tromping around and i spend most of my life in the mountains i what he yeah. told me come true that every time it snow uh, all these elk would drop down low along the railroad tracks and i'm thinking that guy knew what he was talking about so if these elk were still high and even though we weren't seeing anything uh they're sort of they don't like that. They'll they'll move, and they'll they'll usually move down and then follow the snow back up. So I thought, within the next day or so, we we did stand a chance, and especially where we had it. Yeah, all I was alone. feeling
1: good, and the lack of hunters made me feel even better. It was just like I was expecting that evening to at least glass something up. Yeah, and. Only only a couple deer tracks that we crossed, and so and I I think that night the
2: downside was is I sort of thought that the five o'clock rush would come, those people yeah. would come up, and sure enough, uh, an hour probably six yep. before dark there was a truck there was a truck, right. yeah, and I'm thinking ah, but then
1: he left and yeah, and I'm thinking and in the right we we ended up going to where we wanted to luckily to, to camp. And it's a good spot where you can walk down the Ridge. We did in the morning, you can glass different canyons and, and it's just, it's a really good spot, but it was starting. It looked like the clouds were starting to break up, but then at last light, it got super cloudy again. So it was like, Oh, and we were, according to the weather, it was supposed to be partly sunny, the next day and so we were both optimistic that if it is sunny and if it does break up like they have to be up feeding like I was feeling good I just didn't know if the area we were in was yeah the I right remember one. you
2: saying when we were hiking back up or getting ready to hike back up out of that canyon you saying what do you think should we should we move to a different canyon and yeah. I said well let's as we hike out we <laughs> let's can just think about, about it and Uh, Not wanting to say one way or the the other because I'm always afraid to say, oh, yeah, let's move. And then we go over there, and the next morning there's a 100 shots, you know, of where we've left. So I just – I thought, oh, God, we're right here. We got a good good level place. Let's just get up in the morning. We'll do some real professional
1: road hunting. (laughs) And then we'll just – you know, road hunt back home. I want to point out a key word there that you'll hear around Father Wisdom: <laughs> a good level place. He's very, very yes. uh, intent yes. on having. Most
2: of you guys don't know a good on your level place. your iPhone there's a leveler, and <laughs> I wear that thing out. It's my spot has got to be perfectly leveler. Ooh. It is
1: a good spot. That yes, it's it's. And really you made nice. a good point. Like we got back. We had some leftover pizza, which was a good good move. Listening to some podcasts and you're just like We're here. So let's just stay here. We can hunt around here in the morning and if nothing's happening, then we'll go over there and hunt the rest of the day. And I thought that was sound advice. And I knew in in the middle of the night throughout my bedroll it was comfortable, but in the middle of the night I felt the temperature drops significantly. Yes. Like significantly. I don't get cold like hardly ever. And I had a hand warmer, a really sweet hand warmer. You guys need to look into it. Costco hand warmer. Yes. Um, I bought two of them today. <laughs> it works incredibly well. Different settings, yada yada. But I threw it in the bottom of my sleeping bag. I was toasty, but on the flaps on both sides, middle of the night, I woke up and I just felt like very cold air. I was like, it had to have cleared off. Well, me being an older gentleman,
2: I usually have to visit the stars <laughs> once a night. And I was sleeping and roughing it in the back of my truck with the shell. But I went to get out, and I went to grab my boots, and they were froze to the carpet <laughs> in the back of my truck. And I had a heart. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it did get cold. And then everything was frosty outside but it was clear as a bell and i'm thinking yes yes
1: yeah with that temperature drop clear skies they are going to be up and moving they've got to feed got to feed and uh yeah we (laughs) i remember i woke up at like five because we both thought we heard a truck you did see lights, yeah
2: i when i i sort of just sit up and look down the ridge and it was like 30 minutes before the sun, and I see these lights coming up. And I'm thinking, we got to go. Because it's, I mean, I'm a professional. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to be the first one at the gate or through the gate and then put a different lock on the gate. <laughs> to sort of, you want to be the first. Yeah. And so I get up, Seth gets up, we... That's the sweet thing. Yeah.
1: It only takes a few minutes, and we're on the road. But my goodness, though, however, though, I had my boots where I always put them on the side, inside my bedroll, down the side. And, like, my boots were frozen solid. That's how cold it was.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I could barely get my right foot in my boot because it w- had frozen in a weird position. Like I had to smash my foot into the the boot, and uh, uh, we got up and just. I mean, some of you might.
2: I mean, we, me, and you've been doing this probably most your whole entire yeah. life. Oh yeah. yeah so it's yeah. nothing really new to us. But what I usually do is, if my pants are pretty much clean. I'll usually just take my coat off, my mm-hmm. boots, and just crawl on my bedroll. So when you get up in the morning, I always have a down coat or depending – if it's yep. cold like yep. that, and I'll throw that in there. Yeah, that's a good point. But – and so the only thing you got to do is my coat's warm. That's why I bought a couple of those hand warmers. Yeah. I'm going to drop them in my boots. Yeah, I had my down puffy. I just pulled it in my sleeping bag. So within, yeah, 5, 10 minutes, we're – yeah, or you're hunting. up and going. You're hunting. And yeah. I mean, if you're in a tent, it doesn't matter what you're in. Because I thought about bringing a tent, and then I thought, no, who, I don't want to take the time to set up a tent. Yeah. Because for I can take two minutes, start the truck, and no time we got heat. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think the advantage to that is is. We're right there.
1: Yeah, we're at the gate. Yeah, no one's going to come in behind because we have this whole canyon to ourselves. Well, and we can leave. Yes, it's the same thing that I want to talk about about Wyoming. Like we could have got up, gone and checked the spots we wanted to, and then gone fifty miles away. Did we didn't have to come back and take a camp down? Yeah. Like, like you said, we got up, put our put our frozen boots on. But you had the truck started. Just put the bedrolls in the back of the truck. All right, good morning. Just getting up, get the bedrolls put
0: away, and hopefully go find some elk. It's, uh, it's kind of cold right now. My boots are frozen.
1: Barely got my feet in them, but they're in them, so hopefully uh, they'll thaw out. I'll tie them up. <laughs> I wandered the glass behind us, and I just walked over there and was glassing. And I heard like a faint bugle. And I told you, like, I think I heard a faint bugle down there. So you came down and we were glassing. And sure enough, high up on the ridge, there was a herd of elk. I only had my 10 by 42s, but I couldn't see like, oh, yeah, that's a great bull or not. They were also out of public land. They were just onto private. Not far. They just needed to drop down into a canyon. But... I remember I was looking at them, and I was like, sweet, they're up, and, and saw some elk. And I remember you saying, let's go check all the easy spots, and then yeah. we'll come check. Because this canyon that we're camped by, and where elk have moved in, where I killed that bull, like, it's a hellhole. And yeah. if you get something in it, especially with just the two of us, like, it's going to be a journey to a couple get it days. out. It will be brutal to get it out, but... It's it's worth it. But sort of in the back of my mind,
2: too, I'm thinking, I've seen lights down there. Yeah. And it's so important to be a road hunter. you got to be the first. <laughs> Not always, because the old mouse thing, you know, the second mouse gets the cheese, and sometimes that's the case. Sometimes you kick them out for somebody else. But yeah. I just figured, oh, let's just go look. Cause I mean, see, Dad that has have... me looking down in this. Oh, my gosh, I'm thinking. Oh. Dude, I'm 66 years old. <laughs> that thing is. A very is. young 66.
1: But you got to take them where you find them, you too. You got to take them where you find them. And so, there was elk up there. Yeah, so and, we would have if we had to. And everybody who's hunted elk knows that it is nothing for them to move canyons miles, put on miles, yeah. in a night. Like, just in a night. So, um I remember you said, let's just get in the truck and go check the easy spots real quick. And then we can come back and check this. And in my mind, I was thinking a heater sounds nice. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm standing in frozen boots, like a heater does sound nice. And all right. I did want to walk down that ridge. Like I want, cause there's just like, I just, I wanted to walk the path. was like, all right, no, let's do that. Heat sounds he sounds good. And I don't have the road hunting experience no. that you have. Like I grew up at the tail end of your road hunting. Yeah. You, like you were I mean, too late. I was too late. I remember. And I'm glad a I little... didn't spoil you, <laughs> <laughs> but i have tried to now. i tried to spoil you. A I remember little. as a little kid, like sitting in the truck and we always had a couple guys in the bed, yeah. you know, with their bows or, and stuff. And we're just creeping yeah, down the road, that's but, fun. um, so I'm just putting my full trust in your road hunting experience. And you're like, let's go check these. So, so we did. Super, it was super smart, actually. Because with the snow, like you can see there was no tracks the day before. So if there's any tracks, it yeah. happened during the night or that morning. And we start going down. We don't go very far. And sure enough, there's some tracks coming down the side of the road. But like, are they elk? And the snow was... Super fluffy, and so it had caved in, so it wasn't distinguishable. Like you couldn't see dew claws of where, like, yeah. a bull hit. But if it was an elk, it was for sure a bull. Yeah, and- I remember
2: sort of the first ones just looking, and they looked like they were going into that ugly canyon. Yeah, yeah. And then we went a little further, and I slowed down, kicked my door open, and I could see where elk had went into this little canyon. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, okay, we just have to go up over this little hill and around and we can see down in this other canyon in case they've worked their way around or what's mm-hmm. because if you go in there and they're not, so they weren't in there and so I know there's elk that's dropped down in this canyon because that's where their tracks. So we turn around
1: and we head down in there. Well we we went a little further and there was a we the road comes to an end because of private a C W M U. cwmu and we turned around and the, an elk had jumped out of that and there's a single track yeah. so we're like okay elk are going in this area and you're like let's go back and check out those tracks and then about that same
2: time i'm still feeling the heat of seeing lights i know there's somebody in the area and so yeah. i'm just feeling like we got to we i know there's there's elk in that canyon, so we got to get there before something.
1: And there's like, there's like a little couple hundred yard pullout road where you can look into the this canyon. And we we drove past there, went past the tracks, and there were some quakies there. And I was thinking, man, they they could be in those quakies that go down into this bowl at the head of this canyon. And we we turned down that pullout road and get to the end of it. And I look out and straight across from us, going up the other hillside is four elk. So I'm like, there's elk right there. And I grab my gun and I hop out and I'm expecting some cows, but there's got to be a bull with them. And I go to put my binos up and you say, they're all bulls. Yeah. And so I just quickly scan them and I see the fourth one's the biggest one. And... Between the fourth and the third bowl there wasn't a huge difference, but the fourth looked a little bigger. The first two were dinky. So I put my binos in, went up like ten yards, sat down, got my tripod set up and got it up. You're saying we and a I, range. I turned around to you and that, that fourth bowl, he's still walking up to him and I'm like, My range finder's in the truck. We, I need a range. Will you get my rangefinder? And at the same time, then he stopped, and I was just like, "I'm just gonna let her rip." So I put my crosshairs. I'm di- I'm zeroed at 200, and I knew they were further than 200, but how much I didn't I didn't know. It was just you know the rush of things. I wasn't sitting there trying to analyze like that looks like this distance. I was just like, yeah. "There's a bolt, and I'm gonna shoot him." So I put my Crosshairs on on the pocket, I was high high lung shot, and i didn't hear i didn't hear a whack no, and i was I hurried and jacked that one out and jacked another one in, expecting them to start moving, but they just stood there, and he just walked up by the other three and just conveniently stood there and you say four fifty two four fifty two and I have a cool app on my phone that will tell me like at temperature, elevation uh, that we were at, which I hadn't updated. But you put all of that information, my scope, my calendar, my speed, everything, you put put that in, and it will give me drops of where I need to dial or what reticle to hold it on for my specific scope. And I didn't want to pull that out and mess with it or like, oh, yeah. I just – you said four fifty. And I knew that's higher than two hundred, so I held my my reticle I moved it up and uh let her rip. whack! Yeah. I hit him good there, yeah, <laughs> you heard that
2: that one definitely, but I still think the fun of it, and when this goes, I mean we're like two. Two teenage kids yeah. on our first date. Oh, my date. gosh. Yeah. Well, I'm running around the truck
1: trying to get a rage fight. You're over there. I've left the camera in the truck. Yeah, like, I, I packed this camera around to film these things. We're I fixed. have a tripod in there. They're not in a hurry. They weren't They weren't running out. They were just slowly walking up the hill. And <laughs> If we would have went let him go up. I mean yeah. to our
2: star benefit. But anyway, just I mean that's what's fun about it. we were both. It was just it was stoked.
1: it was stoked. Like it's seven thirty in the morning. Yeah. Boom, there's four bolts right there. Are you kidding me? And this is not gonna be a rough back out. Like and I hit him good. And he was kind of the first shot, he had come up by the, the four or the three other bowls, but he had turned uphill. Quartering away, but looking back at me, and I was just thinking archery thoughts. I was like, I can sneak it through that that last rib into the lungs. So I just put it my main reticle on the top of his back to where it would be about four hundred yards for the the next hash, right behind there. Pulled, hit him hard. You heard it. Jacked another one in. Pulled up, and he had turned broadside and I don't like a lot of people like the high shoulder and I because it will if you hit it it hits both shoulders and usually hits the spine too and it kills him like immediately dumps them like a pile of, and I just so I was going for for that put it put it a little lower than that shot and hit him again however they're all still standing there, and the three shells I had have been spent. And I realized my shells are in my backpack, in the back of the truck, <laughs> in the shell, right? So I'm like, put my gun down, sprint back there, get my shells. And by the time I get back, the three that were with him had moved over the ridge. And, yeah. And you told me.
2: He'd laid down, but I'm sort of old school, so the one we first started shooting at, I think, as being the second gunner, it's my responsibility to keep tracking yeah, him, Because yeah. sometimes they'll yep. shuffle in one another and you lose. And so I'm stuck on the same bull, and so I'm telling yep. Seth, he's still the one, he's to the right. one in the right, yep. He's the lower one. Giving him so we're shooting at the same, yep. so we don't get five or six bulls <laughs> dead,
1: half of them going over the ridge. And.
2: God, so was they just... they'd
1: gone over the ridge, and you said he just went behind that that brush and bent it down. During about the third shot, the second mouse comes up out of the bottom of the Oh ridge. Well, yeah, no, I don't see him until I get back to my gun. Uh. <laughs> but you're like he's behind he's behind that that brush. Did he come out before? I have it in my yeah. brain that yeah, he did because
2: I was. I was, after the first shot, I've, I'm going to keep telling you the second. And I'm looking down in that bull. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, he's he's a little bigger. But once we
1: started, I thought, let's just keep. And uh, so you know. I get back. I get back with my shells. Those three that were with him had moved over, but that other bull was just walking. Again, yeah. just, like, not in a hurry. He just walked up, walked past my bull who had bedded behind that shrub, and I was glassing, and he was a little bigger. It wasn't like, oh, no, I made a mistake. That's a th-. It was just like, oh, th- he's maybe 300. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he he just walked past my bull, and once he got to the opening, then he started trotting. But Let me insert
2: something. Yes, please. About this time when this other bull comes out, the guy that we had seen the night before and the guy coming yeah. Behind us, pulls up there, and he's heard us shooting. So I'm sort of waving him yeah, on, go, right. go, go to the next canyon. I'm trying to get him yeah. because that other bull was just, yeah, he was well, like,
1: it's in any bull unit in Utah, like yeah. any any bull you need to take because there's yeah, your opportunity. I'm hoping they just went over
2: in this other little swell canyon mm-hmm. and hopefully that guy can,
1: yeah, and so. We're like, can't believe it. We, I'm assuming, we're both assuming, like, he's, he's dying behind that, that shrub. He's bedded down. We're like, can you believe that? That's so awesome. It's like 7.40 in the morning now, and we're just oh, elated. Yeah, like, this is great. Like, this happened exactly how we would hope it would happen. This is going to be an easy pack out. Like, this is great. And I'm doing some vlogging apologizing for not getting any of it on film. And you said, should we go over there? And I had, when I glassed over there, it was thick oak, but I could see his antlers up. And I thought in my mind, I could see them slightly move every now and then. But, you know, when an animal's dying, like they move. And so I was like, maybe I'll stay here and watch. So you decided that... Well, in past experiences,
2: I've yeah. we've if there's been two or three of us, we walk over there, and by the time we get over there, we get over there, and the animals got up, and yeah. now we spend the other half of the day. So I've learned through experience that the gunner needs to stay someplace where he can observe. And if he gets up, they can shoot him. So I just said, hey, I'll just wander over there. If he's dead, you just drive the truck over there, and we'll... So mm-hmm. I I took off and I hear this whistling and I turned back and you were saying he's still alive. Yeah, I'm like and so he's I'm still looking over there to shoot
1: him again. And so cuz I well I was vlogging like can't believe this happened this is so great and I glassed his antlers are facing northeast and I'm talking and it's, well, this is wonderful like I'm sorry I didn't get it on film and I glassed and he's looking at me like that bugger's not dead. So I was like, put the camera down. Wes got your attention to let you know I was going to shoot again. Took my time. Like, didn't think he was going to go anywhere. Got down there. Went about 50 yards closer than where I was. Sat down. Got him in my scope. And I thought, like, 450. I put that in my phone, and it said 5 MOA. So I was like, before I shot, I was like, I should get my rangefinder and just get an exact range range get an exact hold and, and do it right. So I set my gun down and I went back to the truck, got my range, got the range finder, came back, sat down range and it died. (laughs) It didn't, it wouldn't give me it. It was like trying and it just died completely turned off dead. I was like, Oh my word. And I look up and he's standing up. The bugger is standing up. He had taken a few steps out into the opening. So I was like, well, it was 5.3, so I was like, well, I'll do 5 because I came a little bit closer, and I held it right in the pocket, my reticle, shot, N- nothing, no whack. I assumed I hit high. You said from yeah. your spot. I could hear the bullet go through the brush behind it, and I'm thinking, okay, that was a little high. That was a little high. I assumed high. I didn't know, and there was like no dirt kicking up because there's snow everywhere. So I put another one in and I was like, I'm just gonna put my reticle, my main my main crosshairs right on top of his shoulder. High shoulder. Shot folded. All four legs came up and he just dumped like a bag of bricks. I was like, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. So he's for sure down now. And again, I I didn't I didn't wanna mess around. I wasn't gonna chase him down further into the canyon, so I did not swap the uh, the lens out to film it. I'm real. I, I apologize. You guys watch these things to see that very thing, and that really would have been awesome because you stand in broadside and I shot, and then he folded all of them right, and that's, so that's cool. But and um, you finished hiking over there, gave me a thumbs up. So I finished uh, finished finish vlogging what had happened, hop in the truck and drove around, and, and you hiked up and got the backpacks on, went down there, and I was stoked. Like, I, I, he was actually a little bigger than I thought he was at first. Yeah. I thought he was just a really dinky rag. He, he's a raghorn in the terms of, like, his age. He's probably, a, he's probably like, three years old. And, but his potential... which i took away was great um but he was symmetrical he had good thirds even for how young of a bull he was he had great thirds he had good mass like i was stoked all right made it over to him it's a nice bull pretty stoked it's my best any bull yet nice little six he had great potential just a young guy. Good front, thirds, royal, back. Decent mass. If he was anywhere but in any bull unit, he might grow up into something. I'm super stoked, though. We just got to get him set up, get a couple photos, and then uh, going to quarter him out, get him back to the truck. For so awesome. any
2: bull unit. He's, he... And... I, I had some friends that had some limited entry archery tags, and no offense, but this bull was probably nicer than some of them, but we're dealing with the rifle and archery, yeah. but yeah, he was, I was pretty,
1: yeah, and I was pretty pumped. You want to know the best part? It was a 15 minute walk to the truck, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, baby, that's the pack out I'm talking about, yeah. I mean, you know, Clay at the bow shop one-upped me there, they literally backed the truck up to his elk, it died on the road, so that was neat, um, yeah. But a fifteen-minute hike was was superb versus that versus hell. that hole okay. that we could have been in. <laughs> Believe for a few me, days. all day day long, I'm praising the Lord. Lord. Yeah. This is <laughs> well, and we start we start quartering him out, and the sun comes out and it actually starts to warm up. The snow's melting everywhere. Uh, a it few takeaways, smiling. a few takeaways that I I am determined to improve on. For me, and you can throw in your takeaways, but takeaway one, um, the last time I shot my gun was probably two years ago. Now I don't want to, don't give me any hate when I shot, it it was dead on. And then it's been sitting in a safe, secure place and hasn't been touched. Cleaned it hasn't been touched. There's no reason why it should be anything but dead on. And I feel like it was, however, I think you get into a rhythm and into a, into a system when you shoot more regularly and a confidence of knowing where to hold exactly, right? The first shot, I didn't have a range. I was just guessing. But I, I would probably wouldn't change that. But when you said 450, I also guessed, and it worked out. But had I looked at my chart a little bit more, had I shot a little bit more, it would have been less of a guess and more of a no exactly. And for the animal's sake, like, I think I owe it to them. I do have the excuse, and it is an excuse, like, bullets, powder, especially the worst one is primers. The primers that I use, like, I can't just switch a different primer because it would change the speed of my bullet and everything. It changes everything. Like I think uh, there's a lot of experienced rifle uh, hunters and shooters out there that know this. But if you don't, like you can't just throw a different primer in and load up the same amount of powder and expect it to shoot. It shoots differently, yeah. even a different prime. And so I hadn't, I still have a bunch of, already loaded stuff, but I don't want to burn all that out. Just going and shooting at targets and rocks instead of hunting. But I probably should have at least, you know, five, six shots just to reassure that that's takeaway. Number one, do more shooting before a rifle hunt. Uh, Takeaway two. I had a tarp in my backpack that I've been carrying all season, (laughs) all season long. It's a really light nylon tarp. I can use, um, as a covering a shade, but also once you kill something is what I have it in there for, you can lay the quarters out on it before you put them in game bags, right? So they can air out for a minute. And I forgot that that was in there. And I also left home and forgot garbage bags for when we're loading it into coolers or putting it in the truck. And At first, I was like, well, at least there's like three or four inches of snow. But when you put a warm, sometimes hot quarter of an elk on the snow, and you're working away, you're not like thinking about that single thing. I didn't think about it, but the snow underneath it melted. And so I go to pick them up to put them in bags, and they'd got dirty, which like they can be cleaned. I get it. But... I want from here on out for myself, like I had game bags. I could have that are very porous. Like I could have put them directly in the game bag and let them air out there or like Seth be conscious enough and prepared enough to pull out the tarp. You've been packing (laughs) for months and use it. So I, I want to be a takeaway. There was, um, taking it from, from the animal processing it, quartering it out to in my backpack packing out. I want, I I want that process. I want to be prepared to where that's a cleaner process so that if I process it myself or if I take it somewhere, it doesn't have to be clean. Like it's, it's clean. It's good to go. Um, I think that's my takeaways. Might take that away. and road hunting, more road, hunting. <laughs>
2: more road, road hunting, hunting in
1: the future
2: <laughs> because but. we'll get into it uh, another episode. But during the archery hunt, me and Seth, I mean, it was like opening day. There was people everywhere, and it was.
1: Yeah, it oh. wasn't. It wasn't even opening day, and there was people everywhere. We went in the middle of the week, I mean, yeah, after opening yeah, day, and we're like, "Good, there shouldn't be very many people." There were people everywhere, and we were just like complaining about it. Like, gosh, we—I was ready to go
2: home, but we pull over on this. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but we pull over and take. Some of you know me. I, I'm. I mean, this is father
1: wisdom. Needs I like his a naps. good nap. It's a solid.
2: We pull over the there day. and take a nap and wake up and get out and walk around the truck. and In we, the
1: process, it, it's we're glassing and we're, we're complaining about, like, yes. there's a truck at every single canyon. There was three at one canyon, like yeah. one small canyon. We're getting ATVs <laughs> driving by. But anyway, we hear this bugle, and
2: we're thinking, oh, my gosh, one of those guys is down in there bugling. We hope to tell you that, that was yeah. that was amazing.
1: It actually turned out um, there there was elk right there below us. And yeah, it was awesome, and all these people were hunting all around them, and they were right there. So and I just pulled over to take it. So don't forget your naps. Yeah, don't forget your naps. Don't forget the. You know, a lot of people are wanting to be their hardcore, like getting that backcountry, go pack in there a mile to six miles or whatever. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people are walking right past. What yeah, it's hunting. like
2: on this trip going up there that little teeny patch right off the main drag, right off the main drag, little it, tiny sometimes, a little patch. One of these times, we've, there's
1: been elk in there. Yep, yep. And yeah. that's Riley Warwood at the bow shop told me that a couple of years ago, and it's just like ingrained in my brain. He's a very successful mule deer hunter, and uh his all his daughters have been successful, and. Uh, he, he said once to me, like, a lot of people drive by a lot yes. of big bucks.
2: It's like our last story where I told, tell about that buck that was laying right in the willows.
1: <laughs> right in the willows, right by where people were driving by on four-wheelers and ATVs all day long, 200 yards from a main highway, just, yeah. like, chilling. Well, some, 400, of them, but.
2: some of my takeaways is exactly what you said. Back in the day, I mean, I would go shoot 100 rounds a week. It was yeah. nothing to go shoot on my twenty-two-two. I burnt the barrel out of it. We would go shoot yeah. constantly, oh, yeah. and I could, that thing was. And some of you might understand what I'm talking about. I mean, I could shoot a rev fairly easy on the run. That me and that gun just clicked mm-hmm. because I shot it all the time. But and today we're ammo and primers. I have two, I have two hundred rounds left for my gun, and I'm thinking, okay it might last me till i croak and so but i know my gun shoots better when it's dirty that might sound funny to so i know i got to go shoot my gun so i'll go out and shoot it a few times yeah. and
1: see make sure that it's it's still well, in it's there. been on and the same thing like there's no reason why it shouldn't nope. be it's just it's what just. you said like building it's might be it sound really absurd but building a relationship almost yeah. with your gun to where People. like you know it you're confident with it you know how it shoots and it's just hard to do that right now though like it's hard to find powder and i have primers, powder, primers and like bullets like it's just brass it's yeah. absurd prices and really hard but i guess maybe that's not a, a, an excuse but it's it's definitely a takeaway yeah i think that
2: other than that, I thought the pack-out was just... Well, yeah, you did all of it, I pretty I mean, much. i like there, going, like, cutting stuff sad. up. And this is like I, going to the gym in the morning. I'm having four rounds of a 15-minute heart. 15 minutes to the truck.
1: And then cool off coming back. I mean... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It left and, me feeling pretty guilty, though. Like, I'm um, sitting here cutting it up my dad's like i think i'll take the shoulder and some of this meat out and it's like all right all right comes back gets a hind quarter <laughs> i think i'll just i'm just help me get this on i'll take it i was like okay i'll just take a break like yeah. sit down for a minute and I'll and, finish this and we'll and go
2: we're very conscientious about the meat and yeah. it does make us feel bad do like a clean shot we don't like to. that and scene, yeah and honestly we didn't the shots, the shots were well placed. We didn't lose a bunch of meat, and no. I was grateful for that. And because I mean, that's yeah, that's actually what I mean. You're not going to kill it. Well, I don't know. We My last could someday. we might kill a four hundred each bull out yeah, there. Yeah, the, you know, that's
1: what we're hoping. But anyway, the last takeaway is man compared to archery, rifle hunting's just. Nah, it's, 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 so not easy. It's, it's not so fair. It's so easy. Like, I'm grateful for it. It's putting meat in my freezer. But my word, you see an elk 450 yards away on the archery hunt, you got to start being very strategic on, like, where is he going? What's he doing? What's the wind doing? Yeah. Like, where am I going to go to set up? On the rifle, it the wind can be blowing 90 miles an hour right to his nose. It doesn't matter. You just put one downrange, and, and there he goes. But... I'm grateful for it. It was fun. Yeah. It was a blast. We have another yeah. hunt coming up. Your Colorado uh, rifle yeah. mule deer hunt. I'm pretty stoked it's, about.
2: It's sort of the same deal. We got to get snow. It's, it's like, it's, and it's real because it's on it's on the Utah border. I've hunted this thing forever, forever.
1: I grew up years. with him leaving to go to Colorado. Years I never I've, could go because I had school. I, I, I know stand this place it.
2: inside and out, and it it's. It's got to have snow, and then they'll migrate in, and you can go there and not see a deer, and you get a little snow, and it's like 10,000 deer everywhere. (laughs) So I'm hoping we're just going to go sit and watch this burn. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we can, I don't know. I'm done with Colorado. Uh, this is I've been putting in I've been doing it but
1: well this area you've hunted it for a long time it's produced some really good bucks yeah and for you guys and for some of you guys the out past. there
2: I'm I'm I have an antelope hunt next year in Wyoming I have enough points I have like thirteen fourteen points so I'm going to do that and then I'm just going to come home I'm going to I was thinking the other day if I I do the dedicated hunter for deer and if I buy the multi season elk. I can actually hunt from August, the middle of August, clear till... The end of the year with the extended yeah, archery hunts. Yeah, and the end of the
1: elk muzzle is clear in November. November. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. and So Colorado hunt. I still have an Arizona coos deer hunt that I'm super excited about. And I still have extended archery deer that I'm hoping to capitalize on. But and
2: I also. think a fun one...
1: And is John still got a meat hunt? John still – we still have a couple – well, Emily still has her any bull tag that I would love to take her out before the end of the rifle. John still has his spike tag, and so does Matt. So we have plenty of fun meat hunts to go on. Yeah, I went up the other day pulling cameras.
2: Oh, my gosh. There was a ton of elk in there. A ton of elk. And they – it's funny – You guys are probably tired, but I went to one area to pull some cameras, and the bulls were sort of bunching up, and the cows were. And then I went to another area, and holy cow, there was like fifty cows, (sighs) bulls screaming, bulls everywhere everywhere, screaming. They were still running, and I'm thinking, cow, that's sort of.
1: You know? Yeah, isn't interesting. It's like a 40-mile difference and night and day difference with the elk activity, what they're doing. It's super See, interesting. These bulls were starting to bachelor back Yeah, up. but they were all really young, right? I'm sure yeah, they probably, probably got sick of getting kicked around enough that they're like, Hey, guys, do you want to hang out? <laughs> but, but anyway, anywho, it's been fun. It has been fun. More to come, but lots more. All right, thanks, Dad. Thank you. <laughs> Till next time. Well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope maybe you have a couple good road hunting takeaways from it. Maybe you yourself are a professional road hunter and you have a nugget, a gem, you know, a little tidbit that you can share with us. Hit us up in the comments below. Give us some goodness. Let us know how we can improve our road hunting skills and become more professional in the art of road hunting. Now, it paid off for me and I'm sure it's paid off for some of you spread the wealth hopefully you gleaned a thing or two through father wisdom's experience of road hunting share with us what you've got as always thank you so much for watching and listening i've got some back straps to cut into stakes right now so until next time bye